0: This is Eugene Jarvis and welcome to Video Game Bullshit. This is Jeffrey Wittenhagen. I'm an author of multiple gaming books including collectors guides for both the Nintendo and Super Nintendo. I'm a huge fan of action RPGs like The Legend of Zelda and obscure systems like the Neo Geo and TurboGrafx-16. And we've got guys.
1: Hey, I'm big into uh, no-death runs, high-score runs, uh, collector of all things vintage and retro, uh, pretty much anything video game related. I also collect figures, vinyl, VHS, tap handles, old beer signs, and old beer steins. Please call our number, leave a voicemail or a text message at (laughs)
0: 262-264-VGBS. This is too much,
1: boys. You guys are too much.
0: (laughs) Classics. I guess we might as well start off with me laying the the paper of the wall. Yeah, this
1: this <laughs> is one you definitely need to lay it down right away.
0: Oh my God, gotta lay it down, down. <laughs> right away. <laughs> God. <laughs> so, Renegade is a crazy, crazy beast. As uh, as Cal said,
1: it's. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: So it's the first game in the Kunyo-kun series which is known for River City Ransom basically is the main big big game but also Super Dodgeball and all of those but this game was more of a realistic graphical take um Definitely a predecessor to Double Dragon, which I'm sure we'll go into every single connection ever.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: You know that's right. <laughs> I'm sure we will. So, developed by Technos, published by Taito. It's a beat-em-up. It has four-directional control. Um, the version we played was the NES Famicom version. The Famicom version is fucking amazing. But there's also the versions that I played were for the arcade which has a lot of differences. Yep, the arcade and the Master System
1: version. There's a bunch of different stuff out there.
0: And the Master System version is based off of the NES version, which is interesting because, again, they're not basing it off of the arcade, basing it off of the NES. The one thing that was, I thought, cool about the arcade, though, is that as you're fighting the baddies, you um the boss is watching you. And then he, like, just, like, once he gets pissed off and you beat up enough of his thugs, he, like, comes down and starts to attack you as well. But it's only on one stage instead of, like, multiple stages. It's like um Jack, which is, like, your your first stage boss in the arcade. He's sitting there watching you in front of the train. And then once you beat up his dudes, he just, like, comes down. There's no, like, you don't go onto the train and get off the train. Like, there's none of that like you have in the NES and the System version. So... With the
1: original Japanese version, you have Kunio kun, and it's like a high school type thing. So they're dressed in like their high school uniforms. So Kunio kun is like white. If you play it on the Japanese arcade or the Famicom, he's dressed in like a white uniform. It reminds me of like Jet Li, too, in like some of his movies, if he's in like a white kind of deal. Looks pretty badass. And uh, one of Kunio kun's best friends gets kidnapped and that actually starts the game and that's the original deal and then when the US decided, you know, to put it onto their soil, they kind of changed it and they turned it into more of a warriors aesthetic, the film The Warriors.
0: Warrior <laughs>
1: come out to <and> play, play. <laughs> so that's that's a classic, you know, old school flick. Check it out if you haven't fucking You know, real, like, that underground feel. That uh, dirty, like, horror-slash-old-kung-fu-slash-old-exploitation-type aesthetic badass. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's what they kind of used for the U.S. version um, for Renegade. But, basically, they're the exact same as far as the arcade goes. They just did sprite swaps. So, instead of Kunio Kun having the white uniform, they have the... Uh, Mr. K, they call him, which is funny because Mr. K, like Mr. Kunio. <laughs> Mr. K. Yep. And he's got the uh, the Warriors-type uniform on. The only other difference is the ending, where in Japan you're actually working to save your friend. So in the end you save him and he's like thank you, thank you, but in the US version, as far as the NES goes in Renegade, you basically just take out the the gang. Uh, in the Sega Master System version though, you like walk away from the house and it's like blowing up. Little blow up things. And then as far as the arcade goes in Renegade, there's a chick that you know embraces you once you uh, beat the final stage. So there's a you know, you, like, save a girl type thing, which runs into the Double Dragon for sure.
0: <laughs> gotta have that damsel in distress.
1: Yeah, so you can see where all the different series kind of got their inspiration. Because other than that, we we were talking about, like, Kung Fu might be the only thing before uh,
0: Kunya and Kun, Renegade that really existed. Oh, like you're talking about in the beat 'em up genre? Well, I mean, with that, like, for consoles because computers had likely tons but um for consoles like kung fu is more single hit whereas renegade you actually had your combos which is the definitely the predecessor to the beat-em-up like it's just excellent like the way that it works out interestingly enough is that you know this is the first game in the kunyokun series but like It was really crazy that Ocean decided to, like, jump on this whole, like, Renegade thing. And then they're the ones who, like, completely bootlegged Double Dragon and created Target Renegade. (laughs) And then Renegade 3, the final chapter, which was, like, only on, like, Commodore and MSX. They just went down that realm and, like, Renegade 3 was, like really panned on certain systems. On other systems, it was okay. But, um, jeez. Like, Target Renegade, if anybody's ever seen that one, it's it's literally a rip-off of Double Dragon sprites. So they just, like, stole it. So, an interesting aspect, though, is that, um, basically, Technos was going to do a Game Boy title called Kunyokun, uh Nekatsu Koha Kunyokun Bangai Bangai Rantohen, which is a follow-up called The Renegades, They ended up retooling it and calling it Double Dragon 2 (laughs) on the Game Boy. (laughs) So Double Dragon 2 on the Game Boy is technically the real Renegade 2. And, I mean, a lot of the NES Double Dragon moves originated here. Yes.
1: I'm just talking about the NES for
0: right now. Yeah, so we're going to jump right straight to NES Renegade in comparisons to NES stuff now. I I think we should go into the controls. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so
1: ins- instead of me saying NES before everything, just know this is NES. <laughs> what we're talking about. From here on out down the line, it's NES. So Double Dragon 1 has the grab-and-toss aspect, which also Double Dragon 2 and Double Dragon 3 would have. But uh, a lo- Double Dragon 1 also has that sit-punch move. Yep. You can uh, sit-punch on the guys in Renegade and... Once you're on them, you
0: got them. Like, there's no way they can survive after that. Well, for me, like, the grab and toss is so easy to do in Renegade. Like, you could literally punch them, and there's enough of a hesitation with almost every character aside from, like, a boss that um, you literally can just grab them and then just throw them around. Like, once you figure out the timing in this game, you just play around, especially at first level. You just like grab guys, throwing them all in the water, hitting them off each other. They're all flying all over the damn place. They have that um, that bounce and the connect and the um, the fact that the characters hit each other that we've been talking yes. that we wanted in Double Dragon 2. Like if this had a, a co-op, like we'd probably juggle characters.
1: This is almost the perfect combination between the three Double Dragons. They took aspects, but if they had really remade this game in general, it would have been perfect, too. Yeah. Because, yeah, the way that it, it all works... Like, even with um, in Double Dragon 1, too, your health resets with each new room in Double Dragon 1, and there's four missions. So it's interesting that Technos, you know, being the developers, had created the Kunio-Kun Renegade game, and then they created Double Dragon 1 after that. So a lot of people... It's funny... It's hilarious when you watch a video and they're like, "This is a Double Dragon ripoff." <laughs> Such a ripoff! You see the reply below, and you you know exactly what it's gonna say. This came before. Yeah, Double Dragon one, <laughs> and uh... <laughs> I love it. That's the thing where when I rented the game, this was like a classic rental for me, and because it looked like Double Dragon and it looked cool, but I I never being young and I didn't know like technos. You know, had created Renegade before Double Dragon. You know, I just had loved Double Dragon the whole series and was like, okay, now I want to check out this game because it looks fucking exactly like Double Dragon. Now I
0: understand why. You know what blows my mind is that, like, I never had this as a rental, um, never played it. It was Double Dragon Double Dragon 2 for me, but, like, uh-huh. playing this later... What blew me away was is that I always took Target Renegade as the game, and I was like, "Oh, it's just a ripoff with the same sprites as Double Dragon." And this game kinda was always in the back of my mind, like I never really considered it a unique release until like much later. Like it was, it was one of those things when I finally played it, and I'm like, "Oh, this is competent. This is older. This is amazing." Like, like it's, it's kind of like where everything came from. It's like the grandpa, the old, old pops that had all the mastery and all the different techniques that each game like pulled a little bit from. Exactly. Like it's, it's really weird. (laughs) I love it though, and it's just like I bet I'm not the only one out there. Like I guarantee you, there's listeners out there that are like oh, this is Target Renegade, where you had those cheap-ass guys on a motorcycle, and Bret Hart's running after you and shit. And it's like, nope, nope, nope. This is a completely different game. It's like the Warriors, man. freaking crazy. (laughs) Right, right. And, And
1: also, it's the forefather of fucking Super Dodgeball and River City Ransom. I mean, this is, like, huge. Yeah. Like, this is huge. This is everything. And that was just Double Dragon 1, as far as what I was talking about. Double Dragon 2... Borrows the attack control scheme, you know, the punching and kicking in each direction, and it changes the buttons, you know. And Double Dragon Three uses the jumping, uh, the jump kicking off walls technique, and the whole dash, like you push forward twice and you dash. Oh yeah. And what's also funny, you can dash in Double Dragon One in Mode B on the one in one fighter deal, but not in the actual game itself. So. You can still dash in Double Dragon 1, but you got to play, you know, that, like, the Street Fighter type idea where the actual fighter game, which is interesting because in the NES, a lot of fighter games didn't exist. Back in the day, those were rare. So most of the time, you would get more of, like, a beat-em-up, right? Either, like, a side-scroller or a beat-em-up or, like, some RPG or, like, strategy game. Those were, like, the big ones that you would get if you rented a game, what you would probably get. So you'd see Renegade, or you'd see Target Renegade, and they all kind of match that
0: mold. What's interesting is um, the Kunio-kun series did continue as well, though. Because, like, obviously with River City Ransom, but, you know, the Renegade series had that more mature graphical style where there's a Super Nintendo, Super Famicom, um, version of Kunio-kun that takes place, you know, school get-up, and it's it's just like renegade like it's just like the kunyo kun series it's really crazy
1: you can either look at Kunio kun like the uh high school uniform but i look at it more of just like he's like pimping out in like a white kung fu suit pimping he's just a badass and he's gonna take you out so i actually prefer the kunio kun sprites to the renegade sprites yeah because he just looks more sleek and like who i would rather be I'd I'd
0: rather be him than the Renegade guy. Yeah. So the um the Super Famicom, there's like either one or two games for the Super Famicom that are like right in that same, they're just beat 'em ups. You go like a couple screens, you go to the next, you know, section. Like I remember like you always break out of like a jail and all this other stuff and it's so it it really is the spiritual successor to to Renegade, which is interesting because it does much better than the the um ocean software sequels that were trash. So. <laughs>
1: and uh also being technos, I figure it's a perfect time to throw in some extra Double Dragon 2 info. Uh-oh. <laughs> Bruce Lee's widow is named Linda, which is another factoid that we found after the recording of the last episode. So, that's where the Linda name came from. That was Bruce Lee's widow. And we all know that Bruce Lee's wife did have a mohawk, so. All <laughs> <laughs> Lindas. Let's recount how the uh, our Double Dragon 2 experience went.
0: Well, fortunately, I was actually in town, back home, visiting family, and got to hang out with Kyle and had the family over. And all night, Kyle and I were drinking brews and playing Double Dragon 2 on the Famicom on a tiny-ass screen TV. Like, sitting right in front of it, classic style. <laughs> it was like it was like we had these... Kyle has, like, three or four flat screens sitting mounted on the wall, giant-ass tube TV. We go in his bedroom on a tiny little screen and play <laughs> and play Double Dragon 2 on the Famicom. <laughs> you felt like during a sleepover or something in high school or yeah, uh,
1: middle school... And you had that little TV, or if you had woken up, you know, in your own room when your
0: parents gave you their old TV, you know. So it was so classic. I think I think it's funny now that the uh, the shoe is on the other foot, and we used to worry about like waking up my dad playing video games, and now it's like we're playing the video games and my daughter's sleeping on the bed. <laughs> like we're we're up later playing the video games still, and then they're sleeping. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, so we um, what did we figure out with the Famicom version that the hard mode of the NES Supreme Master is medium difficulty on the Famicom?
1: Except for the platform deals, it's is like its own beast. Mm-hmm. And mission six, when the platforms appear and disappear, and that's way different yeah in the u.s version than the famicom version and i'm pretty sure there's infinite continues because after you left i was testing it out and i i was just messing around i continued like four times in a row
0: yeah so you can continue without a code in the famicom version
1: like when you die in let's say level five or six it says continue and you start back at level five or six but there's no like counter of numbers as far as how many continues you have left that just lets you continue kind of like simon's quest you just go on
0: indefinitely and then uh, with the platforms in easy mode on the famicom they just appear and don't go away which is hilarious in medium which the difficulty for the enemies they take the exact amount of hits as supreme master on the nes us version but the platforms are are twice as slow so you got t- double the time to jump from platform to platform, which is funny because we died a bunch of times jumping fast like we're used to. <laughs> yeah, it's so slow that you like you overcompensate. And then Supreme Master, the platforms go the same as the NES Double Dragon, but the enemies take double the hits, so it makes it like really tough. When with certain sections, like when you're going into the underground part where you have to take out the um the muscle men <laughs> and, and the uh pugilists, the
1: supreme master, though, we have to mention that like they're really hard, like they almost spam you in a way where they, as a programming sprite, know. The timing, so once you punch, they know to hit you right after you punch. So it's kind of like it reminds me in Double Dragon One for the NES how when they duck, when they duck down, uh, now player one can't duck, but the enemy can duck. So like they kind of have a advantage over you. There's that casino element where the the bad guys do have an advantage over you to some degree, especially in the hard difficulties. So it's kind of like in Mortal Kombat 2. When you try to uppercut someone, they throw you automatically. Yeah. It's exactly like that. Oh, you think you're going to do that? No. Good try? No. You're done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it became an issue when you were in the other ground and you couldn't jump, so then they were spamming the fuck out of you, and, and they take double the amount of hits. So like that's where I think we actually lost our first, like started losing some lives. But the fact that you can continue forever... It makes it easy. You just keep going. It's like a war of attrition. But the irony was, is if we had that version growing up, we probably wouldn't be as good as we are at it now because we would just continue indefinitely and we'd always be able to beat it. There was no, like, grind to get a little bit further. And I did want to mention that the platforms and the easy, like,
1: when Jeff said they just stop, like... We have to expound on that, cause we were like, really?
0: <laughs>
1: okay, so you get to uh, level six, the mansion, and it just, the platforms, when they appear, they never, ever disappear.
0: They just show up. That's it. And then you just climb up them. And then the gears, the gears in the next level, they, um with the spikes showing up, which is literally the random spot where we would always, like, hit death. Um, those gears like go toward the platforms now. So when you jump, like you literally can jump onto it, and it pushes you toward the exit instead of the other way around. <laughs> like in easy mode, and in hard mode it doesn't, but in easy mode it does, and it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, like helps you instead of hinders you. <laughs> Freaking awesome.
1: Now, going back to Renegade, as far as like strategies, I'd say like the running punch. Mm-hmm. And the jump kick
0: are your best friends. Oh, um, I did want to talk about like our setups. Cool. Like, how did you? How did you play Renegade? What was your setup? Did you use your small TV again with an actual Fami?
1: I've actually been playing Cunio Kuno and Renegade back and forth on the Fami and the NES for a number of weeks now, just because it's so fun. I have yeah. one in the living room on the bar, flat screen. Fifteen inch or some shit, I don't even know. And uh, I've been playing on that for Fami and and the NES. and i have been playing in the room on the smaller like yeah tube Sony TV. But yeah, here and there, everywhere, man.
0: Nice. So I I was playing it on um I was playing it on two different ways just because I wanted to check it on emulation versus non. So I have my Raspberry Pi um, that I was using on it. TV, and I use the same TV on both, which is a 55 inch 4K TV. Uh, and on the Raspberry Pi, it's actually kind of difficult to pull off the jump kicks and things like that. Um, I thought it was just like, oh, this game's going to be you know a little bit, a little bit sloppy, a little bit tough to play, you know, compared to like Double Dragon Two. And then um, I put it on my AVS, which I have an EverDrive N8 in it, and the controller I'm using is a brand new one that I got, which is. I would highly recommend anybody listening. It's called the it's a Hyperkin Cadet. The style, it looks like the Sharp NES TV controller. It's black, almost looks like one, but the bottoms of it are dented. Like they have like little dents for your hands, and then there's a little bit of like grooves on the top, and then on the back of the controller it has like almost TurboGrafx 16 little little like protrusions for your hands so it's like the most comfortable nes controller that's actually a square nes controller that i've ever used anyways playing on the avs the avs has perfect emulation on a giant tv and it and i pull off every move perfectly on renegade it was like night and day so anybody who's playing using raspberry pi or emulation it is not quite perfect like it is playing on an original NES or on the AVS if you're going to do HDMI. There you go. There's the rundown. So <laughs> yeah, the, but I I can't recommend the cad, the cadet controller enough, and it was like ten bucks on Amazon. The running punch
1: and the jump kick are your best friends. NES Famicom versions. Jump kick is great for like stunning the enemies, and then once they're stunned, you can grab and shoulder toss them like in Double Dragon. And you can shoulder toss them, like, off things or into other guys. Yep. So, that's fucking great. That, to me, was the first thing I noticed when I rented it. It was, like, the melee aesthetic of, like, the sprites mattered and they carried weight. And if you threw a
0: sprite into another sprite, it would knock them down. You do have to be careful, though, because once you grab the guy, you can kick him a few t- or knee him a few times, like three or four times, but if you do that and there's other enemies on the screen, they'll run and try to kick you off or grab you from behind and do all that kind of shit. Like they'll they'll try to prevent you from, you know, beating up their buddies, which is crazy how smart they are. There's three guys
1: who attack you at a time. Of the three guys you're fighting, guy number one. Guy number two will move on you and he will try to get onto you and stop you. Guy number three though will actually sit back and he doesn't do anything. So there is one other guy that will move on you, and that's probably like a programming limitation where they can only get one other guy. I don't know, but... Or even just like a difficulty limitation because it would be way too fucking hard if you had two guys trying to take you out other than the guy you're already fighting. Thing is, though, pulling off the running punch as the enemy is getting up knocks him back down. So the, the running punch especially... So there's three difficulties on uh, the NES version and the Famicom version, and the Master System version, actually. But uh, once you get to 2 and 3, you can't just punch or kick guys anymore. Really, you gotta, like, jump kick them, stun them, and then grab them, and punch them, and throw them. Like, if you just punch them or kick them, you will take damage. Because their sprite, like, math mentality knows exactly when you can be hit, and... That's
0: always the bullshit of the old school, you know, like, AI. <laughs> well, the irony was is that I didn't even learn or even know about the run and punch until I had to. Um, it was crazy because you have to, like, almost hit and run when it comes to the higher difficulties and as you progress through the game, even on the lowest difficulty. And once you get to about level 3, you know, at the end of level 3... That boss, you can't beat her until you learn how to run and punch. Like, you can't do it. Because you don't, you have too much reaction, or too much slowdown and reaction time between jump kicks, and she'll grab you and beat the shit out of you. So, you have to run, hit her, and run away and run. And when it comes to, like, running and hitting a character when they get up, so say you run and hit a character, you can go to run and hit him again. Well, that's when the second enemy is going to come at you, so. It's almost like you have to do a little bit of a, like a bait and switch and run after the other guys, too, to avoid taking damage. Because if you run and hit the guy and you go to run and hit that guy again, the other enemy kind of smartly goes and tries to attack you when you do that. And it's, it's real interesting because if you get the timing right, you can almost get it to where you can start taking out two at a time, which is fun. And um,
1: you can jump kick Kim to death. But you have to stay above or below her sprite. So when she moves down, you jump kick her. And that's kind of a, a secret with the first double dragon. Again, for the NES. Um, where, yeah, if you stay right below the sprite, you can like kind of get them. But Kim is probably the hardest, for sure. <laughs> Kim. Yeah, she's brutal. So how the programming works... And we're going to go through all the levels, too. Uh, they're pretty short and sweet. But to grab all the bosses except Kim. Kim's the one boss you can't grab. They must have three bars or less of health. Okay, So at that point, if you're trying to grab a boss and you can't and he's breaking out of it, the reason is he's not under the three bars of health. They show this when you're fighting the actual boss itself at the end of, say, level one, two, or three, but at the end of the game, when you're in the maze, you'll just fight multiple bosses at a time, so they don't really show the health, but that's the reason. So, Kim can never be thrown. So, don't even ever think about trying it. When you try to throw her, she'll grab you and beat the shit out of you. (laughs) Beat the shit out of you. Now, the thing is, bosses, when they have two bars or less, including Kim, you can do the sit-punch technique. And once you're sitting on them and you punch them, there's no way they can survive. They're done. Once they're down to three bars of health... You grab them, you punch them, you throw them. Then, when you throw them, you go and s- sit on them all- while they're on the ground, and then you kill them. Yeah. So, that is, like, I would say, the masterful way to, like, take out anybody, including the last boss. Um, Technos really knows how to do, how to create a decent challenge. I'd say, like, the shortness of the game, like, it really balances everything. Because if you die in the last stage, it only takes, like, seven or eight minutes to get back there. So it's it's not like in Castlevania, you know, where when you lose, although they let you continue forever, sometimes you just don't want to play the whole level over, you know? Yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: Yeah, so this is kind of different where
0: it's shorter, and you're like, okay, that's cool, I'll play it again. You know what I mean? Well, it's, it's really small, palatable. Like, you go from screen to screen, I do like that, um, you start at the beginning of each screen, so, like, even at the beginning of the game, you get past the, the sections where you're tossing guys into the, off the side of the platform, but then you get onto the subway, and then you get off the subway, and you're fighting the boss, and it's like, so say if, say the boss kills you, you start right at the boss, you don't go all the way back to the end of the level. So, that's a bonus, but you, you don't just respawn either, you do start over. Right. And you do
1: have the full health, and your time resets. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. once you figure out the gameplay mechanics you feel like a master of the game
1: yes and that's what makes you want to like wake up on sunday morning and just play it randomly you know <laughs> that was kind of the game that you didn't want to take back yeah you know like i wish i could keep this like that's how you knew you wanted to buy it back in the day but uh yeah the whole toss was never really was never adapted by the other double dragon games so you could toss a guy but it could fl- it would just fly through the other sprites it wouldn't react to it. So actually it's funny that the first game has a more realistic
0: like aesthetic, you know. Well yeah, and I don't know why they got rid of the whole I don't know, physics system. Yeah, I don't know why they I don't know why they got rid of that because like literally if they had that kind of, you know, collision detection in Double Dragon 2, it would be our ultimate game. Like, they didn't even add that physics system to Double Dragon 4, even though they showed some of that in the trailer. It didn't end up really? making it into the end of the game. Damn. Yeah, because I was just waiting, because I was like, man, I can knee a motherfucker and then into you, and then you can knee him back, and nope, never happened. That's what we wish we had. Now, the thing is, when you toss guys
1: into other guys, the toss hurts the guy you're tossing, but not the other guys that might get hit by the toss in the process um, as they never seem to die from it. Yeah. So maybe maybe you're hurting them, but it can't take them beyond their final bar of health or you're just not hurting them at all. It's one or the other. I think you're not hurting them, though. So, yeah, that, that toss to me is amazing. The fact that you can run around, I would suggest to learn to double tap dash, also a Double Dragon 3 for the NES. If you double tap and dash and you do like a jump kick, That'll hurt the guys more than if you just do a normal jump kick. So I always just learn to, like, double tap and dash. It's kind of like this game, too, where always, like, be running if you can and just get ready to punch the shit out of the guys. You'll be surprised. Once you get a confidence for it, you'll be all out there. You just have to get the right timing for it, you know? The other thing that's crazy is the double tap
0: and jump kick that does that super giant tall arc. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because I would sit there and try to fight in Kim especially, because that one was a character builder for me to beat. Um, but, like, fighting her, and it was like I would go to jump, double tap and try to freaking punch, and I would go, and fly, and that's when I realized you could also hit the wall and, like, fly back off the wall, just like Double Dragon 3. Freaking crazy, though, like, how high he goes with that jump kick. Yeah, and that's. and I think that's a problem where you rarely ever
1: hit anybody. Yeah. With the move, that's the only downside of it, but... Um, it's definitely a way to escape out of a situation, and the uh, the running punch is twice as powerful as just a jump kick.
0: So it's super powerful. Yeah,
1: yeah. When you challenge uh, the two and three difficulties, that's what you want to use: jump kick and running punch.
0: Yeah, because everything else is not worth your time.
1: Yeah, the punching and the kicking will get you hurt. So there are more guys; they they're more aggressive. So. You're just gonna get whittled down to nothing. So yeah, <laughs> to me the first one's the funnest. That's the one that everyone should play. If you get if it's your only game back in the day, you know I could see someone playing difficulty two and three. Or if you're just fucking awesome, badass Bruce Lee at this game, okay, you know play difficulty two and three. But well, yeah, yeah. Other than that, I mean. I would just suggest sticking with one. It's the funnest. You can punch and kick guys. To me, it's about having fun, too, during the game. And
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: So I think uh, now's the perfect time we can go through, like, the missions. Oh, yeah, because this game has, like, got some different styles, too. It's awesome. Yeah, like, the first mission in uh, both the as we mentioned, both the Famicom and Nintendo are pretty much the same. We, I will mention a little few differences that I noted, but Mission One's the train station
0: toss time. It's like, <laughs> yeah, train station toss time. Just tossing guys off into the abyss. <laughs> to me, like one level one, the beginning of level two, and level three all have like a little fun aspects to them. <laughs> just, like, beating the shit out of people, throwing them all around. Like, the little minion characters at the beginning of each level are just real fun.
1: Yeah, they're not too
0: tough, right? Like... Yeah.
1: They let you manipulate them <laughs> to some degree. And with the the first section of Mission 1, you can throw guys off the side of the actual uh, train station. So... That kills them immediately, so it's just a fun thing to see if you can throw them all off there. You can either toss them, or you can jump kick them if they're close enough to the side, and they'll fall off. But you can fall off, too, so risk and reward, which is always a must for a great game.
0: And now, I did play all three difficulties, and I do have to say, like, aside from, you know, just being a more casual experience on one, you have to almost play Monotonously on the harder difficulties, where it's no longer fun. That was my major complaint with the harder difficulties in Renegade. Like difficulty one in the beginning with the minions, like you could punch them one time in the gut, then just go up and like casually grab them, and then like wait for the guy to come by, toss them, and hit them into each other, and they go flying, and then you can knee them like three times, and then toss them over a different way into another guy, and then grab him and run and punch him as he gets up. and It's just like, <laughs> yes. you just fuck with him the whole time. Exactly. Which is fun. That's why you gotta play it on level 1 from my perspective. It has nothing to do with like the health of the enemies or your character. It's the play mechanics open up. And they kind of disappear even in level 1 near the end of the game, which is unfortunate. If yeah, People um, equate that to like Ghosts and Goblins. Mm-hmm
1: the difficulty three yeah it's just like so like monotonously brutal mm-hmm the cool thing is the story which is what double dragon kind of like implemented where you're following on an arc where mission one okay you're in the train station right you take care of everyone and then you go on the train now actually in the arcade you just go to the next level yep because you're because the boss like just chills there right outside the train station and then comes and fights you Right, and on the consoleized versions, NES, Famicom, and Sega Master System, you go on the train, and this is where Master System comes in, because the graphics almost make this feel like a different game. The graphics are
0: impressive for the Master System, man. Yeah, I just, with the Master System version, all the enemies looked more cookie-cutter greaser style. They weren't as cool and Grody and gringy looking at, as the NES ones, including your guy too. He's kind of yeah. He's not very like aw-
1: you. Like you wouldn't want to be that guy <laughs> in a video game.
0: <laughs> like, yeah, like <laughs> if
1: I was to choose a skin, it wouldn't be him. I wouldn't want to play as him. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think with the master system, the train actually, like, stops when you're done. Oh, yeah. There's the graphics in that one. It's like, whoa. Like, damn, we're slowing down here. You know, where the NES, you just, like, get off. The door opens. but So there's more a little, like, details. But uh, it's the same, like, thugs. And then you get to the
0: boss toss time. Boss toss. <laughs> I can never get it. I can never toss him. little Jack, Ma- Jack off. <laughs> Jack Mehoff. The key is,
1: once he's at three health, three bars, you can toss him. Yeah. So that's once you learn that and you play him again, you'll be like, oh, I get it. Because I was trying to toss him at like five or four, and he'll break out of it. It's kind of like the chins in Double Dragon 1 for the NES. When you try to sit punch him, they'll push you off. That's because they're not low enough in health. All right, so mission two,
0: down by the water. Mission two is... Down by the river. <laughs> I, I I really liked Mission Two, and this is where me too. I realized that I hadn't played this game, and I had it confused with Target Renegade because, like, after you did River Toss Massacre, <laughs> you fight the motorcycles just like in Target Renegade, but then you get on one.
1: Road Rash, and it's like the first Road Rash game, right? Yeah, and I was like,
0: as soon as I jumped on this, I'm like, alright, I don't fucking remember this, ever. Like, even when I was playing it for uh, writing the complete NES, I'm like, I don't remember this. (laughs) Yes, so I'm glad we played this. I was like, holy shit, this is cool, and like, the weird thing is, is that playing that version on the NES is way easier than the Master System version of the same. Like and the arcade, like it's way harder to to knock guys off. Where the NES one, like all you have to do is time the kick, and you can just like actually, it's too easy, honestly. <laughs> like the NES one, like once you t- once you time it, the other ones it's like a fucking war of attrition, goddamn. <laughs> I got game over on one of them. So Yeah, the motorcycles in Famicom and the NES are like super
1: easy once you got it down. Then you ride the cycle, road ration times, so it's super easy. Then parking lot, bus fight. This guy's actually kind of tough. He's like a ninja
0: type, so he's got some kicks and shit. I like, I literally, the way I play, I guess, like I had more trouble with the first level boss, second level boss, like destroyed him in seconds. And I'm like, all right, this guy was a pushover. Really weird. Yeah, I would suggest
1: really just jump-kicking him. Jump-kicks. The thing is, once you jump-kick him, along with boss one, you stun him. A lot of times, if you can't throw him, just punch him. So jump-kick him and punch him. You'll take him out that way, too. Because when you jump-kick him, it stuns him. Then you just land a few punches, because you can't grab him yet until he gets to, you know, three bars or less. So he has more moves than the other bosses, so... He has, like, a roundhouse, and he's a little more savvy with his ninjutsu gumball.
0: Yeah, and this is before I started using the the run punches, so it was, like, super easy, actually. Well, sometimes the boss won't fight like you think he would
1: either. Once in a while, you'll get, like, a pushover version of what should be hard. Yeah. That's where video games are interesting. Like, this guy should be hard, and you watch someone else play it, and the guy's, like, not doing what you remember. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it's the way that you interact with the sprites, too. Whereas, like, when you watch a speedrun, they're, like, doing nothing and destroying everything. And it's kind of like, that's the secret. Or I could be trying too hard. So the sprites reacting crazier. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, it's, there's so many, like, little... But that's where these games started getting cool, though. Because it got, like, really in-depth. and um, And then we get to level three...
0: Going to town. Women beater massacre. Beer time. Yes. Beating a bunch of women.
1: <laughs> yeah, so mission three, you can basically go to town, very reminiscent of Double Dragon 1 for the NES. Um, it's like your little town city level. And you got your, your ladies this time. And they got purses and chains and shit. <laughs> purses. <laughs> What's funny is in Renegade... On the first screen, you have a beer sign. It just says beer. So there's two doors, one on the left, one on the right. Um, The left is to a bar, and the right is to Kim's Lair. So that's also the first level where you can kind of choose where you want to go, which will happen
0: more in the next level, right? Yeah, it's it's crazy, though, is that, like... So when you go to Kim's Lair, that's technically the boss fight for the, the level. Yes, that is. So interesting... Is that I died on her a million times, and it wouldn't stay level three when I would restart the level. Like, after you die. What'd it do? It would just say nothing. It'd be blank. Huh. And then, like, when I went to the next level, I was in, like, um, the middle of level four. Because I, like, later I would look up, because there's a maze that we're going to get to, and I was, like, in the middle of it. I wasn't at the beginning. Like, I never was in the outside of level four. I was just, like, in the fucking tower. After I beat Kim, and there was no, like, end of mission. It just went into, I was, like, in the tower. Like, when I went through the next door. It's was weird. That's it. I'll have to mess with that. Because I actually,
1: what I do, I go to the other screen uh, with the bar. Yeah. On the left-hand side, where you fight the three girl gang members. And there's also, folks, don't miss the Lionel Richie picture. <laughs> don't miss it hello
0: <laughs> I can see it in your eyes
1: <laughs> <laughs> on the mass System version there's a Budweiser sign instead of the Lionel Richie sign oh that's worse then that's a downgrade <laughs> <laughs> so, so once you beat that then you're on the mission 4 which is the last mission Z-Maze so really the key is right, left, left, middle, right all right, we'll see you guys later. Bye. <laughs> I went through, like, a lot more than that. <laughs> like, I went through every combination there was, and I took notes on it.
0: Well, it's like I even looked online, and I was like, it was more than just right, left, left, middle, right. It was, like, like a bunch of different ones. It was weird. I, I had to go to, like, six or seven screens. It was
1: crazy. I got it all figured out. I got it all mapped out So we need to mention this The way that you go is different For difficulty 1, 2, and 3 They change it Damn. So what I'm doing, I'm just going through difficulty 1 Okay, so at the very beginning of the stage You fight your like easy thugs Mm-hmm. Outside in the streets
0: And you can go either to the left or to the right Yeah, the left is like a building The right is a building And the left building is just like a little room And you go back out into the streets And fight uh, fight the guys again
1: The left door is a waste of time. There's three doors within the left room. One, as Jeff said, will take you out to the street. Another will actually take you back to Mission 3, to the bar with Lionel Richie and the three girls. Hello! (laughs) The other door will actually take you to the the room you would have gone to if you just would have gone right from the first screen. Yeah. So, You go to the right door from the first screen. The left door is a waste of fucking time. Completely. Uh You go to the right door and you fight more easy thugs and there's a screen with a left door and a right door. So you want to take the left door and you'll fight two of the stage one bosses. If you take the right door, it's Kim fun. (laughs) Yeah. So You actually have to fight two Kims on easy, I believe, and three Kims on anything harder than that. So you might as well take the left door and fight the two stage one bosses. Then you take another left, and you're in like a motorcycle room. There's only two motorcycles. It's fucking a joke. And the right door takes you back to Mission (laughs) 3. The left door is more unnecessary fighting, and a lot more unnecessary fighting. You want to take the middle door. More easy motorcycles instead of two there's three this time one more now that leads me to the fact that since the doors potentially repeat into infinity and the timer resets with each new room Mm -hmm. you can max out a high score until you throw in the towel pretty much
0: yeah yeah you can just infinitely rack up score so
1: you can flip the the score on this one So you basically take the wrong way in the maze and you just keep resetting. What I would do, I would actually go back to Mission 3, because um, at least, I don't don't know as far as high scores go, Yeah. like what gives you higher scores and other things as far as bosses or not. I didn't really look that far into it yet, but Mission 3 is pretty easy and you can just keep, you can just go in a loop forever, and you never have to fight like Kims or anything. You can just keep going back and forth yeah it would definitely be smart to just fight the the chunlings. You could potentially take the left door in Mission four from the beginning scene and then you go through the door that takes you back to Mission three and then from there you could just like go in a circle and just do that for like ten hours. <laughs> But, yeah, so as far as Mission 4, you go right, you go left, you go left, you go middle. And then once you take that final right door from that last motorcycle room where you Mm -hmm. fight the three of them,
0: you reach Sabu! Oh, yeah. (laughs) He is the suicidal, the homicidal, the genocidal. He is the death-defying athlete known the world over as Sabu.
1: Sabu's got a little pistol, that's a precursor to Machine Gun Willie and Double
0: Dragon 1, right? Exactly. And the thing was that Sabu was kind of a disappointment when you compare Sabu to Kim. Um, you ever fight Kim and have to beat Kim? Like, Jesus Christ, she's way harder than Sabu, because if you stay close to Sabu, he um, won't be able to shoot you. Well, that that
1: reminds me of the Wrath of the Black Mana boss where if you don't know to stay close to Sabu or with the Wrath of Black Boss, if you don't know what three attacks kill him Mm -hmm. in that order, you're going to be in a world of hurt. Because the thing is, you go through a lot to get to Sabu, and then he kills you with one hit. So he's a one-hit death.
0: Yep. Cheap bastard.
1: Yeah. So if you don't stay close to him, which is brilliant because they would think most people they see he's got a gun, they're going to stay far away from him. The key is, if you get close in on him, when he goes to draw his gun, he'll either pistol whip you, or he'll miss you with his shot. Just keep, as far as sprite goes, keep above him or below him, and then, you know, jump kick him, jump kick him, until he gets down to that 3 health. Grab him, fucking punch him, throw him, get down, do the sit punch, he's he's done. But, yeah, the moment you get too far away, he'll shoot you, and you're fucking done. Now, Machine Gun Willie in Double Dragon 1, man, like, he didn't kill you in one hit. No. This guy kills you in one fucking hit, so it's frustrating. Yeah. Where it's like, God damn it! now you gotta, like, play him again. But you do start off back at him. Now... When you finally beat him, Renegade, you just like destroy the gang and you're done.
0: It's like a split second, and it's in the credits. Like it's like, and it doesn't even do anything. It just goes right to credits. Doesn't do shit. Doesn't say congratulations. It's like fuck you. Here's the credits. Go away.
1: Yeah, and someone on YouTube was like, when they watched the Famicom version, they said, "I always wonder what that door was." Yeah. So that's where your friend is being kept as hostage. Yeah, they just they just
0: leave him there in the NES one.
1: <laughs> the Famicom, the Ketsuko Ha kun ending is the best. It actually has what you're fighting for. So yeah, man, that that pretty much does it for that one. Hell yeah, really fun
0: little treat. What's your report on it? The report, the record, the grade. So to me. I think that it's a little too. It's not too gimmicky because it's the first of its kind, but I I would say that there's not a whole lot of variety when you jump into a boss rush mode right in the fourth level, which is the last level. So it's a little short once you learn it, but to learn it, it takes a while. That's what. Like, world record runs shoot at like six minutes, which is insane. So. Like, the game isn't necessarily a long haul, so it's a little short. Um, I don't really like dead-end maze-type levels. It's not really super fun having to repeat indefinitely and find one specific way. Uh, it's something that they actually did in Double Dragon 4 that I didn't really like, um, when you had the whole, like, go-back-to-the-beginning-of-the-level mazes. It's an old-school trait where you
1: got to get out your... Paper and pencil, you know, and just jot down like where you gotta go. But it's brutal because it takes you back to mission three and then you gotta beat mission three again. At least the last, the bar screen with Lionel Richie. But the fact that the game is not long makes it okay. Yeah, see, that's the difference too. It's not like you have to play 20 minutes to get back to
0: where you were. That's when it's like AVGN territory. Yeah, it's like to me, if they made it longer and got rid of the the maze section that would be okay it'd be amazing but how they had it it had to be shorter so um to me for a grade I would give it a solid b plus solid b plus if it if it had two player co-op it would probably be an a yeah like it's you know two player alternating or whatever so cool
1: I'll give it an a minus just because it's like the god daddy <laughs> so it was the first idea, and I wish that they had implemented some ideas in other games that they didn't yeah, it's almost like there's a perfect game that was never released <laughs> where if you implemented everything this game had but yet took the aesthetic of the Double Dragon and kind of combined it all in a certain way, it could be the ultimate beat 'em up
0: and the thing is is the fact that they piecemealed. Mechanics out of Renegade into different Double Dragons, like it's like they couldn't get any of them with the proper freaking the gravity mechanics, the the different type of like knockback and all of that that they had in Renegade. It's like they didn't get all of it together perfectly. It's just unfortunate to me. But they were all all the
1: games were different in their own little way. Yeah. So it made it just its own little beast. Even like how you couldn't dash in Double Dragon Mode A, but Mode B you can. Yeah. But there was a reason why you couldn't dash. Because, well, if you press Double Tap in Double Dragon 1 Mode A, you do like a headbutt. Mm Mm-hmm. So you punch the guy, you stun him, and you headbutt him, which is cool, too. So, I don't know. It just gets crazy. But Technos, always my favorite. The fucking best. Probably my favorite developers of all time. Next to Konami and Capcom is Technos, you know. For sure. It's definitely up there with uh, with great games. Nintendo, too. Can't forget about Nintendo. I mean, Zelda. <laughs>
0: of course.
1: <laughs> fucking Super Mario Brothers. Classic.
0: But, yeah. Yeah, the thing is, though, is that, like, Technos, like, did, obviously, the Kun series. Um, other than that, though, there's not a a ton of different games that they've done that are, like, excellent on the NES that are outside of that series. Because there's a million games in that series. A million. Like, you have all your dodgeballs and your hockey games and Double Dragons, like, your fighting games. But, like, yeah, other than that, though... Those are, like, two of the biggest series of all time, though. (laughs) Well, yeah. That's the thing. They did a pretty excellent, um platformer though on the super famicom popeye platformer actually like really crazy a little action popeye game they had like a beach volleyball popeye deal right for
1: um game gear <laughs> That's weird. oh jesus it reminds me of SquareSoft because if you look at the old technos games you had like Minky monkey eggs twin lever mysterious stones so they like they realized what made the money, like Final Fantasy was Square, and then they stuck with it. Yeah. So like, okay, Kunio Kun, everyone likes this, so we're just gonna like do
0: all Kunio Kun games. Yeah, and um, I'm pretty sure Arc System Works owns all that now. Yeah, they bought out the holdings company or whatever.
1: Yeah, because it's worth nothing at this point. So that's the thing. Like the real business makers have moved on. That's someone who's hoping that they can like revitalize it. Well, they're the ones
0: who created Double Dragon 4, so... Yeah.
1: Which is cool.
0: They also do the Guilty Gear and Blaze Blue fighting game series, which is like an anime-style fighting game series. Um, they do some really cool stuff, though. Um, they also did the Dragon Ball Fighters game, which that fighting game is fucking like watching an episode of Dragon Ball Z. It's amazing. So, like, Arc System Works is doing some cool stuff. And then they own all of the... Double Dragon and, and River City Ransom. So the fact that that Double Dragon game was successful is good because maybe, just maybe, we'll see another Double Dragon or Kunio Kun game. Like, on the new system. As far as this game, yeah, I give it name
1: minus just because it's such a fucking forefather pioneer.
0: Just great. Fun times fucking great little fun nostalgic treat and guess what it's cheap yeah still that's the best part you can get that game affordably so i would i would say definitely definitely get it for listening to vgbs we appreciate everybody taking the time to get through this whole uh arduous podcast we love it thank you thank you thank you if you want to correspond with us you can email us at vgbspodcast at gmail.com but we also have a phone number it is two two six four BGBS you can leave us a voicemail choose a text message um, whatever you want to do, correspond. Also, comment on us. Shoot us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Google+. We love hearing what people um
1: think about the podcast. All right, see you later. Woo!
0: Later!